Hey everybody, this is Chuck Marone. Welcome back to the Strong Towns Podcast. It's Tuesday night late. It's the second day of our member drive. Uh, I'm going to put this out so it'll come out Wednesday. Um, I just want to chat with you a, a little bit here as we're kind of hit the midweek of, of this member drive. I've kind of had a rough day today. And I, I really don't have a right to complain because yesterday was, was pretty fantastic. Yesterday went really, really well. Uh, I got in in the morning, uh, got a couple things done, took off, drove to Watertown, South Dakota, which is four hours away from Brainerd. <laughs> I went to the airport to pick up a rental car. Uh, I've, I've got an, uh, my car is an old beater. I've got 260,000 miles on it. I, I insist I'm going to get another 100,000, but we'll see. Uh, anyway, I, um, I, I went to the airport to get a car and there was a little sign on the, the booth. The guy said, uh, be back soon. And then left a number. So I called the number and, um, he said, well, it'll be half an hour before I'm back. And I thought well, half an hour, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go. I don't have a half an hour to sit around and, and wait. You know, I had, I had entered the time I would show up in my reservation. I was there 10 minutes early. Um, so there was another auto rental booth right next to it. And there was a guy standing there and I said, Hey dude, you, uh, you have any cars? And he was, he was kind of ticked off. Like, you know, like, what are you bothering me for? And I'm thinking, you you know, you're a rental car place, right? I mean, you're in the rental car business. And he, he kind of scowled at me. He's like, Oh, let me go check. And he comes back out and he goes, I only got one thing. It's a Ford Mustang. <laughs> and I thought, okay, I, I can't, you know, I, I, I can't roll up in a Ford Mustang. Like that's just not my style. That's just not the strong town style. And so I drove my beater out to, uh, to Watertown, South Dakota. Um, it's a long drive. It's a long drive. And the, the thing about doing a drive like that, particularly when, you know, I was kind of a little bit sleep deprived the night before, uh, just was up working late and had to get up early and all that stuff. Uh, you, 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 let's put it this way between Brainerd and Watertown, there's not a lot of civilization, right? What there is, is a lot of like gas stations, um, a lot of fast food joints and not much else. So I, I had a subway on the way out and I had, a something from, um, pizza hut on the way back. That was it. That was open at the time of night. Um, and so I, you know, that's not like good food to, uh, you know, help you, uh, help you through the world with, um, anyway, four hours got there. We had a, a pre-meeting that we did, which was kind of like a conversation with a few select people and then a, a walk around town. It went really well. It went, it went really well. And the thing that went so well about it, there was a lot of people there who are doing great things. And, you know, they said to me, like, you, you know, your talk that you gave last year, I, I did a Skype in talk with them uh, last November. They said that made a huge difference. That really changed people's minds. It really got them thinking differently about things. And that meant a lot. And as we went around, it was obvious that they're thinking differently about things. It's obvious that they're trying to do some really great things. Uh, the other part of it that was cool is that I was able to help them. I mean, as we're walking around and they're asking me questions about this and that, and I'm, I'm showing them things. Uh, I, I think again, I helped like nudge them a little bit further. It was, it was really invigorating because, uh, I think it mattered, you know, it's, it's the, the, the work we did there made a difference. 
we had a meeting before the council meeting then, a curbside chat, started at 5.30. Council meeting started at 7. So I had 90 minutes with the council. I, I was, the meeting before was going so well, I actually was running a little bit late getting in the council meeting. And I, I walked in and I was expecting, you know, as a, a typical council meeting presentation goes, I was expecting the council, a few staff, and then maybe like a handful of other people. The room was packed. The room was packed. I mean, it was... It was staying room only, really. Uh, there were some people who couldn't even see the screen for the entire presentation where they where they were, uh, because you know there was there was no place else to be. The the place was packed, and the great thing about it when you're in a room that's kind of that tight, right? There was maybe forty five fifty people in a in a in a decent sized room, but not a not a huge you know not auditorium size or anything like that. When you're speaking to a group of that size, you can really pick out everyone's face. Um, you know, you speak to a group of two, three, 400 and you, you can't do that, but you get a group of 20, 30, 40, um, you can really in the course of the presentation go through and get everybody's expression. And there's always some who are there for whatever reason. And they, they start out skeptical. They start out where you can, you can kind of tell that they're not, they're not really sure what this is going to be. The, the, you know, I, I start talking and I'm talking about, uh, the shift from walking to the automobile and how this historical change and it's a big experiment. And then we have the, the mechanisms of funding and they start to get a little, you know, I'm not real sure about this. And then as you get into it, you can see, and there's a few points in the presentation in particular that kind of like pivot points. You really get a sense of whether you've got them or not. And last night by the end, I, I had them, right? I got them. They were with me. And it was really great to see. I mean, it's it's really, I have to say, I try to describe it to people, this feeling. Uh, I try to describe it to our staff. I try to describe it to you. I, you know, I try to describe it to, to lots of people. And it's, it's a really hard feeling uh, to describe. I'll contrast it with what things were like a few years ago where, you know, I would show up for something and there'd be two people there, five people and, and one antagonist there. <laughs> It's it's amazing today because look, when we got done, I'm standing out there on the sidewalk talking to people. Uh, there was one woman who had driven uh, over three hours to be at the presentation. She had she had come from over three hours away to hear a curbside chat. Uh, there was another person who had, had come two and a half hours, and she's like, of, "Of course." I said, "You drove two and a half hours?" She's like, "Of course I did." This blows me away. It just blows me away. And the thing that's probably the most invigorating about it is I see. The, the impact that we're having on people and the impact we're having uh, on places. Um, you know, th there's, there's a hunger for this message. There's a lot of people who are getting involved, who are becoming part of our conversation. And I think most invigorating for me are actually bringing it home to their own communities and using the strong towns language, the strong towns message as a way to communicate with others about the changes that they want to see in their places. So I got home last night really, really late. And, and the thing about driving that time of night, you get home and you're really tired, but you're also wound up. So like the perverse thing about it is that you, you go to bed, but you can't sleep. And so, you know, I, I, I was up, uh, I couldn't sleep, wound up getting a little bit of sleep. Then at like five in the morning, the sun's up. <laughs> I live in Minnesota, so you know, in uh, in the summer, I, I I realized this a few years ago, but it didn't really occur to me. You know, you you people in Florida and Texas and California, 
Yeah, you have like normal daylight hours still. We we're we're light all the time. I mean, I'm I'm at the office. It's ten thirty at night. It's just gotten dark here. You know, half an hour ago, forty five minutes ago. Uh, it will be light here again by five or a little after five in the morning. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm up with the sun. The sun comes out. My body's telling me to get up. I get up. Um, I, I try to kind of attack the day, but I'm just exhausted. And I wound up at about nine o'clock going back to bed thinking I would just get, you know, a half hour, 45 minutes of sleep. Three hours later, I woke up. <laughs> uh, I felt good. I felt rested. But all of a sudden, like the day is, is slipping past me. Uh, I'm on summer hours here, which means that, uh, you know, during, as opposed to during the school year, when I get up and take my kids to school and then, uh, most days we'll, uh, pick them up at about two 30 when they're, when they're done with school and then head home and, and try to catch up whatever I can at that point in the summer, uh, I've got them three days a week. Um, it's me and two girls and that means I work a lot of late nights like this. Uh, I try to get as much done as I can during the day. Um, you know, but we do a lot of other things and, you know, I'm a, I'm a dad. I'm, I'm part of, part of this gig, part of this job is that when I travel, I'm completely gone. Like I'm not home and I'm not there at all. And when I'm home, I, I try to be as much as I can, like completely home, Right. That's kind of the trade-off. And as a dad, I feel bad imposing that on my girls because I'm, I'm sure that in many ways they would prefer dad to just be like halfway home all the time, right? You know, be like a normal person where I, I go to work and then come home and then am home. Um, I'm not that normal person though. My life is is different. And so I, I try to compensate for being 100% gone by being as close to 100% home as I can on the, the days when I'm home. Well, this week uh, they have this thing called the Prairie Fire Theater. There's this traveling theater group in Minnesota that comes to town. And on Monday, they hold auditions. This is all for kids. They hold auditions. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, they practice this play. Friday night, they perform. And then Saturday morning, they perform. So my girls are are in this. This is like their fourth year in a row doing it. They love it. They love it. And the dramatics like fits them well, too, because they're both very dramatic kids. So... They, they love this. So today, you know, I've got, uh, like duty, like running up and picking up these kids. And I just like ripped the heart out of my day. The time when I'm actually supposed to be doing something, uh, by, by taking this long nap. So uh, I'm feeling a little tense. Uh, things aren't going well. I, I feel like I'm behind. I feel like I'm, I'm not, you know, caught up. I was supposed to, uh, do this interview today. Uh, they called at like the worst possible time. Uh, I tried to reschedule. I couldn't. Um, so then I wound up doing it and that made me late for something else. And it was, it was like a, a series of, you know, you have one of those days where like everything you try to do kind of like doesn't really work. Right. That's kind of what today felt like for me. So I went and picked up the kids my sister-in-law, uh, her daughter is also in the play. And so she actually picked up the kids where they were and then brought them. This, this thing is like 35 miles North of where we live, which, you know, is, is, is close for central Minnesota. Um, but she lives right up by there. So she picked them up, brought them South and I was meeting them kind of halfway. And I was really excited to see the girls cause I, I hadn't spent any time with them yesterday. 
Uh, it was in South Dakota. They had their auditions. I hadn't heard about them. Uh, they hadn't told me about the play, and I was excited to hear how things went on day two. And when I picked them up, it they were we were gonna um, run into town, get a bite to eat, go to softball practice. Girls got in the car. We're starving, and when my girls are hungry, particularly the older one, turn into just like maniacal demons, right? Like everything, like they're just they just become crabby people. You 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 have to properly feed and care for these kids, uh, and and you know keep them keep them fed, keep them rested, then they perform optimally. Optimally, you you don't do that, and things start to go bad. And I knew this; I knew I needed to go get them fed. So I get in the car. Dad, we're starving. Yep, totally get it. Uh, the oldest one's getting in. The back of the the back seat where they sit is a complete disaster, and it's a complete disaster because they have left a ton of stuff sitting around there. And the thing that the one fixated on tonight was the batting helmet. Her batting helmet was sitting on her seat, and she was all mad and upset. And like, I, you know, what do I do with this batting helmet? Da 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 da. And in probably like the worst parenting moment I've had in a long time, I picked up the helmet and I'm like, this is not a big deal. And I tossed it into the back seat. Now, I tossed it in the back seat. I, I, I have slammed things before. I did not slam this helmet, but I tossed it. And in retrospect, it, 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 it obviously it was tossed harder than I, I probably should have. You know, as a parent, you have two responsibilities, right? The first is to not hurt your kid. I can, I can clear that one. That's like not a problem. Uh, the second one, though, is to actually model good behavior for your children, right? Like you, you are supposed to be the role model for how you want them to act. And, and when they're hungry, when they're crabby, when they're tired, when the day's not working out well for them, as mine was not working out well for me, what you want them to do is to exude patience. I did not exude patience. So when the oldest was uh, kind of pitching a fit over this helmet being in her way, I picked it up, tossed in the back seat, and uh, it went right through the window. I mean, right through the window as if uh, the window was not even there. Um, like, <laughs> like it, it, the, the very top of the helmet like perfectly hit the middle of the window and just sailed right through it. Um, I did not feel like I threw it that hard. I certainly did not feel like I was slamming it. But in retrospect, obviously, uh, uh, that was not a good... Th uh, that was like one of the low point parenting moments of the last year for me. Of course, that didn't help with you know anybody's mood. Um, I was more upset. The the girls were very upset. We never got to talk about anything because uh, you know it just didn't go well. We drove home in, in relative silence. Got home, my wife pulls in, the girls are in the house. I said, I just need some time uh, outside here to kind of calm down, clean up the glass. Uh, it was it was not a, not very good, right? I was kind of in a, in a foul mood, really. Uh, too much stuff going on, and now I've got to deal with getting glass fixed because I'm an idiot, right? So I come in here tonight, and we had our, our Slack chat. Uh, if you're not on Slack yet, um, you, you really should be part of the Strongtown Slack. Go to, to strongtowns.org, go to the bottom of the page, click on discussion group, and it'll, you'll get a link to, to join our Slack. There's a lot of great conversation going on. And there's a, there's a lot of great conversation going on without me, right? Like, you know, not only our staff, but, but just our members and other people are, are just having some really great conversations. And it's a, it's a very helpful place. 
And the thing is, I, I kind of brought some of this to the group tonight. Like, hey, I'm having a bad day. Like, things aren't going well. Um, here's kind of some of the stuff I've been dealing with. And the, the fantastic thing is that, you know, the, the, here we have a really good conversation. Um, here we're kind of figuring some things out. Uh, here we're talking about stuff and, and and saying, you know, here's what we can do better. Here's how we can change things. Here's how we can make a difference. And I, I say all this uh, because, I, you know, I'm someone who, how do I put this? You know, at, at times in my life, I have, have really struggled with, um, I'm not going to say depression, because I, I know there's people who actually struggle with depression. And I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm not one of, I don't think I'm one of those. But I, I have struggled with this sense of like, you know, what, what am I trying to do, right? Like, like I've tried to explain it by saying, there's been a lot of times where I've thought that maybe I'm crazy, right? Because my wife has this saying, she says, when the whole world seems crabby to you, it's, it's probably you that's crabby, right? <laughs> and I actually, I actually think that's a really helpful saying. Uh, when everybody seems like they're crabby to you, it's it's probably you who is is crabby. And I, I've kind of taken that saying and and stretched a little bit and said, when when the whole world seems crazy to you, it it might just be you, who is crazy. And I have to say, the whole world in many ways seems crazy to me. And and particularly years ago, but you know, before I had you, before I had this conversation, before I had all these people who were, were tied into strong towns and, and helping us grow this movement and, and make change happen before all that. I, I, I struggled a lot. I struggled a lot because the, the world just seemed wrong to me. It just seemed crazy. Like it didn't, it didn't make any sense. And I, I I've, I've heard, okay, I'm going to say something now. And, and, and I, I, I don't mean this to come across as not humble, okay? Um, uh, because I, I don't put myself in, in this category at, at all. Um, but but I've heard artists, um, famous artists, people like Picasso, who, you know, will, 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 I, I remember reading this about Picasso in, you know, in the World War I time frame and the whole kind of dawn of Cubism and, and the idea that, you know, they, they were expressing a reality the way that they saw it, um, you know, and, and it, it, while it, it wasn't maybe perhaps making sense to other people, they, they, they were not seeing the, the world to them seemed crazy and cubism was the way they expressed that, right. Is the way that it, it came out of them. And of course, it's it's brilliant. I mean, the work is is absolutely brilliant, and there's a reason why everybody knows the name Picasso. But for, for a long time, uh, these Cubists, and there was a you know a, a bunch of them. My art history is not what it should be, and I'm I'm a very like junior rookie, and I probably already said some stupid things that people who actually know art are shaking their heads about. But the the, the parts of the story that resonated with me were the the notion that you know the, these guys like weren't respected in the art community. Uh, they were not doing things the way everybody else was doing them, the way things were like socially acceptable, but they just saw the world differently and it bothered them. It bothered them deeply that uh, they, they, 
you know, other people were not seeing what they were seeing. It, to them, it was so obvious. Um, it was so obvious, but but to no one else was it that obvious. I I took a I've taken a lot of solace in in that, and in other stories like that, you know, writers, uh, musicians, people who, who from an artistic standpoint have have stepped back and said like the the world. It's so obvious to me why this it doesn't work, why this doesn't make sense. Why is everybody else not see this? Why why isn't this obvious to everyone else? And really, I think those kind of thoughts can drive a person crazy, right? I think those kind of thoughts can make a person mad when when you're seeing the world so clearly but nobody else around you sees it that way. Um, it can make you crazy. It can make you mad. Um, when I started writing what eventually became Strongtown's blog and what now has become strongtowns.org and, and the whole Strongtown's movement, I, I, I felt like perhaps I was crazy, right? Like perhaps I, I was um you know, I, I was certainly seeing things that other people uh, did not seem to be seeing. And I certainly was, uh, you know, struggling to make sense of a world that didn't make sense to me. But I, I felt very, very alone. And days like today, right, where things didn't go well, <laughs> where, um, you know, I, I, you'd go through the motions of the day and like nothing seemed to go your way. Uh, those things would like wear on me because... The built the, the 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 place I live, the environment around me, uh, used to very much, and it it doesn't so much today because I'm I feel like I'm on a path to making it better, but it used to back before I had the the language to describe it and the tools to explain it and, and the, the 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 thoughts and the ability to talk about it the way we are able to now as part of Strong Towns. It just felt like fingernails on the chalkboard, right? I mean, it just like I lived day to day with fingernails on the chalkboard around me. Like, why is this like this? Why is this like that? Why? 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 Like, this just seems insane to me. And it was it was like it, it was like the feedback was turned way up on the amp um, everywhere that I went. It just drove me nuts. Now we have a language. We have a language. We have a, a, a way of understanding things. We have a way of explaining things. Uh, it's been vetted, it's been ripped apart, it's been discussed, it's been analyzed. I, I feel like we got it, right? Like, I feel like we got the message. I feel like we've got it figured out. And the thing that is, you know, bringing me up on a day like today, the thing that, you know, I'm going to end the day with here, with this great Slack chat with all my friends, uh, with all the people now are signing up to become members, with all the momentum that we're getting, um, I feel really good about it because we're seeing change happen. We're seeing people take this message and do great things with it. We're seeing people use this common language to describe the world around them in a way that makes sense to other people, in a way that can actually lead to good things happening. That's what we're doing. That's what you're doing. That's what I'm doing. That's what this movement is about. That's what that's what we're about here. That's what we are putting together and, and putting out into the world. That's our that's our gift, right? That's the that's the thing that we're on earth here to do. That's the thing I'm here to do, right? 
that's a thing that we're doing here together as part of this Strong Towns project. I'm really excited about where we're at. I'm really excited about what we've been able to do, the staff we've been able to bring on, the content we've been able to put together, uh, all, all, all the stuff that we've been able to accomplish in, in the last, you know, really, in the last five years, but in, in the last, in particular, in, in the last, you know, seven to nine months, since we've really kind of upped this game in a, in a very specific way, the way I described on Monday in Monday's podcast, we're, we're, we're really doing some amazing things in order to keep this momentum going, in order to, uh, to, to keep this all moving in the, in the positive direction that it is, uh, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go to strongtowns.org and just sign up to become a member. I need you to be part of what, at the end of this year, we're shooting for 2,000 people. Uh, that's up from 1,000 at the beginning of this year. Uh, I, I, we need to keep this momentum because we need to make change. We need to make change in a hurry. We've got to keep this going because we've got a lot of work to do, right? We sat down last year and we said, all right, we want to change the world. We, we don't want to do small things. This is not a movement about small things. This is not a movement about changing a place or a block or a neighborhood. This is a movement about changing a country, changing a continent, changing an entire economic system, an entire way of doing business. We got to start small, right? We got to focus on blocks. We got to focus on neighborhoods. We got to focus on individual cities. We got to focus on you. We got to focus on, you know, individual members, right? But the idea is that the momentum we get by focusing in that way is going to build on itself and build on itself and build on itself and build on itself. And we're going to look back a few years from now and see that not only do we have a, a movement of people who want to do things differently, but, but we got a movement of people who are making change, who are kicking butt, really, you know, who are out there making things happen. We need your support. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm really buoyed on a night like tonight because uh, while I've had a really tough day and, and things haven't gone my way, um, I feel great that we've got, you know, over 1,250 members now. We've got 1,250 members and we're shooting for 1,500 by the end of the week. Uh, we've got 1,250 members who have signed up and said, this is important to me. This is important uh, to the country. This is important to our future. And I'm in. I'm all in. I hope that you'll be one of them. Uh, I hope that you'll join us. Strongtowns.org is the website. Head over there right now and, uh, and you know, you <laughs> uh, join us and, and be part of, uh, of what we're doing because it's, it's really important work. And hey, at the end of the day, if you can't become a member and, and you know, Membership is 25 bucks a year at the low end. I mean, we have, we have a lot of people that have signed up at $1,000 a year. It just blows my mind. We have a lot of people who have signed up as enthusiasts at $250 a year. It's just incredible. You know, I just, I, I, I love you people. You, you just do, you, you constantly amaze me. You constantly blow me away. But if you can't do that, 25 bucks a year, I mean, that, that's it. That's, the, that's, that's a, a base, that's a membership right there. You're signed up. You're part of the deal. You're part of the team. You're part of the movement. You're showing that you, you want us to succeed. And it means so much. If you can pull that off, that would be great. If you can't, if you can't pull that off, if that's not you, if, if you're not in a position to do that, okay, I get it. Not everybody is. Not everybody is, and I get it. Uh, 
thank you for listening. Just go tell someone else about us. You know, take this language that we are sharing with you here and, and go share it with someone else. Give someone else the, the taste of Strong Towns, right? Give them a little, a little taste of what we're doing and, and, and help us grow this movement that way. Thanks, everybody, for what you're doing. Uh, midway through the member drive, keep going, keep going, keep going. We'll get there. And keep doing what you can to build Strong Towns. Take care, everybody.